This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. time let's go ahead and get brother John Terrell on stand by we have a new addition to the family a new dog Ringo has taken a, a wife she played the part of the harlot was uh, getting with the other dogs on the street her owner didn't want her anymore because she was chewing on her shoes. And I told Mama Narita, I said, I don't know we want her. She may come here pregnant. She's been playing the part of a floozy. And Ringo, he's a virgin. I was looking for a virgin wife for him, our Bazinji dog, but it is what it is. I told Mama not to take her. I was not interested in taking in this uh, dog that was probably pregnant now with some other street dog's children. I didn't think it was fair. For Ringo, who should be able to start his own family. But she said, uh, you know, Ringo needs a mate. Next thing I know, she brought him over here and said, I've got my dog. And I said, well, okay. She said, you know, we might uh, we might have some babies in that stomach. Who knows? She might have been impregnated. She was in heat last week, and some dog had jumped her bones. I hope not. We'd like to have some Mazenji babies. Made, made me a little bit angry. That, that dog should remain celibate. But, you know, animals in the animal kingdom, they don't tend to do that. Nor do people these days. Everybody plays a part of a dog. Just saying. But that went the way God meant it to be, with humans at least. I can't say what he intended for animals. But um, how does that make you feel? Just saying. And maybe many of us have played the part of the dog. And someone overlooked our fault and saw our need and took us in. Just saying. 
I didn't like it though that much. But it is what it is, and uh, he's got his spouse down there, and she's eating all his food now. Poor dog. Okay, so that's an update. Her name is Molly, but I think we need to give her a new name for a new life. Okay, we're going to get uh, John Terrell on. Here we go. Before I break out into a dog, another dog story. Extended version. Speak for an hour. Okay, here we go. Brother John, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing well. I got the stitches out of my ear this week. Oh, that's good. And uh, I'm healing well. Didn't have any, uh, what do you call it, infection. Praise so, the Lord. So uh, praising God. Hey, that's a great report, my friend. I'm glad to hear that. And we're excited, folks, to be back with Pastor John Terrell. He's coming to you from Sacramento, California. You can find his church and ministry at eaec.org. Brother John, would you like to open us in prayer tonight? Welcome back. Thank you very much. My Heavenly Father, thank you for another Omega Man radio program. Thank you that once again we can speak for the Lord Jesus Christ to a dying world. And I just thank you right now, Lord, that you're going to use me today to bring out truth. So that, Father God, we can equip the Christians and the Christian in turn can begin to witness to people that are not saved and to bring them to Christ. <clears throat> I thank you right now for the anointing upon myself and anointing upon everyone listening. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> My friend, welcome back, folks. Please get someone to tune in. We're just getting started. John Terrell, Pastor John, is live. The mic is yours, my friend. Take it away. Thank you. What I want to talk about today is um, education, humanism, and wokeism. And let me read to you here. This is from my book, Christian on Amory Course Number 4. And uh, this is from my lesson here what I have on um, guidance and this is what I wrote here some time back the demon prince of humanism has almost completely been able to take control of the educational system in the world and is robbing young people of their faith in God they are told that they are nothing but animals coming out of an evolution system and that there is no God, no set standards. And once they are dead, that will be the end of their lives. The result is frightening and staggering. Today we have young people who are behaving worse than animals and not feeling badly about it because that is what they have been taught. So, the question comes now. Christians, we are like a stick of dynamite with a very, very short fuse. And our attention span is maybe a minute, maybe two minutes, and then we move on to something else. 
we have not been trained in asking the question, if it rains today and there are ashes in the rain, where did the ashes come from? We don't ask questions like that because we are not trained. We are, are trained to simply be working very quickly, very short attention span, not asking any questions, and just living for the now. That is how most people have been educated. That's how, how it is. And of course, if you look upon the entertainment, I wouldn't call it entertainment, I would call it indoctrination from Hollywood uh, movies, television program, and then of course you got all the platforms that have what they call entertainment. And it is geared in such a way that if you look at a program, you said this program must be made for idiots or people sitting in a mental institution because it has no intelligence. It is not appealing to a person thinking and asking questions. It is simply made in such a way that you sit there and get stupefied. That's pretty much where we are today. And the social media has not really helped out at all. It has simply buried us. The devil now, who exists, is a fallen angel. And he has uh, billions of other fallen angels that joined him in a rebellion. And he got zillions of evil spirits. They don't work on short term. They work on long term programs. And they can do that because they do not age. We do know that the devil has been active on earth for at least 6,000 years plus. And when he went and talked to Eve back in the Garden of Eden, he looks the same today. He has not aged one iota. They don't get old. They, they, they get older but time-wise. But their spirit bodies does not age. Now, the devil doesn't have a spirit body anymore. He got burned. So he's, just, he's just a spirit. Fallen angels, they have a spirit body, an angelic body. But they do not age. And they apparently do not need to eat like we do. I don't know how they sustain themselves. And they do not sleep. So the devil, the fallen angels and the demons, they operate 24-7. They never get tired. They never get sick. They don't get older. They don't get senile. They stay the same. Now, you and I, we don't have that privilege. And when uh, our physical body is born 
and our soul man is put inside to it, um, our soul does not age. And later on, when we get saved, born again, we have a spirit that is born of God. Uh, that is not age. Uh, that's eternally young. But our bodies age. And we get tired. We have to eat. We got to go to the bathroom. Uh, we got to sleep. Uh, we got to work to make a living. There's a lot of things we have to do. And so we are simply preoccupied, more or less, with surviving, having a job, place to live, if you're normal. If you're not normal, you live on the street, um, paying your bills, buying food, entertainment, cars, vacation. is a lot of stuff that we do. And as we continue, as the years are piling up, when you hit about 30, 40 years old, you begin to slow down a little bit more. 50 and 60, you slow down even more. And when you get up to 60 or 70, most people are worn out. And uh, you hit 70, uh, people say, hey, you know, dude is about ready to croak. And uh, people don't realize that we have we can't live to be 120 years old on this earth. But the key what I want to say is this: we are fighting a force of Satan, foreigners, and demons that have been around the earth for 6,000 years after Adam and Eve were created, and they have gone through many generations. They can read our minds, they know the human race, they know our weaknesses, they know our strength. Let's put it this way. I am no different than King David that lived about 3,000 years ago. King David, he, uh, he was a strong warrior, he liked women which was a downfall for him. He was stupid enough to have more than one wife at the same time. That created a lot of problems for him. And so all the emotions and feelings that King David had, or Solomon, or the prophet Jeremiah, or the apostles, they're no different from you and I today except that we have a very limited time. So we now work on a short-term basis. But Satan works on long-term. He has time on his hand. And so I'm going to tell you, now. I'm going to begin to look upon here, how the devil built his network that he started more than well I would say about close to 200 years ago so let me take you back to 1776 1776 that was the uh, foundation 
the beginning of the United States. And that was also the beginning of the Illuminati. So I want to show you here two things that developed. There's no doubt that God wanted America, the 13 colonies that became the United States and 50 states now, that they, this was in God's will. He wanted his nation to be created because there's no nation like it uh, where we have religious freedom. Uh, we have freedom. We have been restricted lately, but we have, we have freedom uh, that other nations do not have. And there's one big difference that most Americans don't understand, and that is this. If you live in another country in the world, and you are arrested, they think you have committed a crime. You are guilty until you prove you're innocent. In the United States, you are innocent until the state or the government proves that you are guilty. That's a vast difference. If you get arrested, for example, in Sweden, they can hold you for one year without even filing uh, any, anything. They simply said, we are investigating and we believe that this man has done this crime. So we, you have one year where you sit in jail and, and rot while they mess around. And after one year, this is why we don't have a case so you can go home now. Well, you just lost a year. In the United States, you are innocent until proven guilty. A vast difference. So back in 1776, Satan had a guy by the name of Adam Weishaupt. He was a German, and uh, he didn't like to do manual labor, so he... Uh, it was an easy target for the devil to set up. He set up his organization, Illuminati, which is an organization similar to Freemasonry, uh, where you have membership and you take an oath to join and you have to pay a fee to be a member and so on. And uh, you have to go to the meetings and you have to do their bidding. And um, so in 1776, he set that up. The organization, Adam Weishaupt, the, the big thing that he did before he died was he was the one that initiated, executed, and made sure that we had the French Revolution in the, in the, in the 1790s which destroyed Christianity uh, in France, and they have never recovered. You, it's just a side point here that I'm giving you. After the Martin Luther had started the Reformation in about 1520s, um, it spread to uh, other states, and actually in France, 
they had a huge church that they were called Huguenots. Uh, Calvin, John Calvin was one of their uh, leaders, their clergyman and theologian, but there were lots of others. And the French uh, church that was born again, came out of the Reformation, they numbered in the millions. And so France was on its way in the early, actually, actually in the 17th, in the 18th century, to become a powerful Christian nation when uh, Adam Weiser pulled the trick on them and they had a revolution. And uh, most of the Huguenots were killed off, sacrificed. So after they, they had done that thing, of course now we have Adam Weishaupt, he was getting older, and eventually he died. But he had trained the next generation, and this is how the people in the occult and Satanism work. They know this. Most likely we will not achieve our goals in our lifetime. So we're going to work on long-term products, and we are going to enlist young people, train them, make them into leadership, and they go to the next generation, the next generation, and so on. So that's how the devil works, long-term. Christians... We are stupid. We don't think that, you know, we got to educate our children. Um, we got to plan on if you want to have grandchildren that are godly grandchildren, you got to take care of your children. You got to be sure that you train your children right and that they accept Christ and become strong Christians. They, in turn, then can do that with the grandchildren or the great grandchildren and so on. But most families don't even think about that, and that's why there's so many young people are not in church, because there's no longevity. There's no planning for the future. So Adam Weishaupt, he laid the foundation for Nazism, communism, fascism, and socialism. And... Um, they simply worked on long term. Let me take you now to the United States. The year is 1832. And the place I'm going to be talking about is Yale University. All our universities that we had in the United States, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, the so-called Ivy League universities were started by either preachers or other Christians. Every institution that was started after the United States had become a nation was started by Christians, and they started out with a Christian outlook. If you looked at the universities today, if you say I'm a Christian, they consider you an idiot. There's not one ounce of Christianity 
in these institutions today, they have been totally taken over by Satan. I am working right now on a book that I wrote about four or five years ago called The Kabbalah, The Mother of All Harlots, and this book is called Bitter Fruit. It deals with communism, fascism, socialism, and secular humanism. Let's go back now to 1832. In 1832, at Yale University, they organized an organization that became known as Skull and Bones. This was a fraternity organization and it was a very peculiar fraternity organization. It was started by General William Russell and Alfonso Taft who later became Secretary of War under President Grant in 1876. Skull and Bones were not legally registered until 1856 when it was filed in the name Russell Trust Association. So, how did, what did these guys do and what, what was the story on this? Most fraternity, well, all fraternity organizations, you join, but you join, if it's a college, it's a university, your first year. Not so with Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, you can only join during your last year at the institution. And you cannot say, oh, I'd like to join the older Skull and Bones. No, you can't say that. You have to be asked. You cannot say, can I join this order? And they said, no. We select candidates. And when they select candidates, they only select 15 students per year. I'm talking slow now. I'm talking methodically so you understand that. What in the world can 15 members of Skull and Bones do in this nation? And the answer is a lot. Because number one, when you become a member of Skull and Bones, you are a member for life. So Skull and Bones is not really a fraternal organization at Yale. It is an alumni organization that you are a member of the last year at the university, but then you are a member for the whole life of your, of your life. Now, let me, you sound so, can I, 
Can you tell me some of the uh, bonesmen? They call them bonesmen. And uh, I can give you a couple of you, actually two or three of them. Here's you in style. So William Taft was a bonesman for the class of 1878. He was a Republican. Later, he became a chief justice of the Supreme Court from 1921 to 30. Henry Stimson was a member for the class 88. He was also a Republican, and he became Secretary of War. And then we have President Calvin Coolidge. Uh, he was a member. President Herbert Hoover was another. And uh, we go down to uh, Percy Rockefeller was a member. Prescott Bush was a member. That's the grandfather of the Bush family. And of course, we have uh, then uh, his son, George W., and then uh, George H.W. Bush. And then, of course, we have after him, we have George W. Bush. And the guy that flies around a lot to talk about climate control is uh, Kerry. And... Uh, he is a bonesman. He is a member of that. So you will find that these bonesmen, they are involved in just about everything in this nation. How is the initiation? Well, they have a, have a house on Yale University called the Tomb. That's a nice name for a house, the tomb, for the dead live. And so to be initiated, you have to come in and they, you have to be totally naked. Uh, they have you to wrestle. They have a mud, like a swimming pool, but filled with mud and maybe about three or four feet deep. And uh, there, the new candidates had to come in and to had to, they had to wrestle one another in the mud. And you can imagine how well that would go. They also have a homosexual act where the candidate is forcefully sodomized by an older member of the older Skull and Bones. And that places a homosexual demon in the person. Then they have to kneel in front, naked of course. Uh, then they have to lay in a coffin. And uh, they put a lid on. And after a certain time, someone comes and opens a lid. And say that we're going to raise you from the dead. And... They get you out of the coffin, and then you have to kneel in front of an altar, and there is a skull with a candlelight inside the skull. And there is where you swear allegiance to the order of skull and bones, and you swear that if you give out any secrets, or if you 
double-crossed them, that your bowels will fall out, you're being cursed, and they will hunt you down like an animal and kill you. So I have to go through a ceremony like this, which I don't know how many hours that is. You are now a member of the Order of Skull and Bones. You have now become a Luciferian. Your God is Lucifer. And you have now taken an oath that you will, at any cost, do what the Order wants you to do. I said he only graduated 15 a year. But if you look upon the roster of Skull and Bones, they have the most influential positions. They are in the banking industry. They are in the manufacturing. They are in politics. Um, They are in every area, and of course they are in education. And they have such an influence, these men become powerful, they have money, and more or less, a bones man in a city, through Freemasonry, will be able to govern and pull strings the way they should go. So that is the order of skull and bones. If you if you says, well, I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is. Uh, you can Google it because there's been a lot of exposés. I would say the last 25, 30 years, uh, there is a number of things on the internet. Matter of fact, you can actually go and look up on the internet a, a roster of members of Skull and Bones going back to 1832 and to the present day. And actually, that's listed now. That that was not so. Uh, 25, 30 years ago, you couldn't do that. But the internet, a lot of things have happened. So you can actually see it. But remember now, if you do not know that something exists, you are not going to look for it. And that's why most people don't know it exists, so they don't look for it, so they don't understand what's going on. So now we have talked about the initiation. I talked about uh, Prescott Bush because the Bush family uh, were going to play a great role in the United States and uh, shape uh, how we should go and so on. But what I want to talk about here is the destruction now of the educational system. So what they did was that the order of skull and bones and there is a hierarchy so you have you have a, like a board of directors and you have a chairman that sits at the top and so at any time there's maybe about 200, 250 bones men alive on earth at at one time. And so they have an organization and they get orders from the top. 
the chairman of the board order of Skull and Bones, he in turn takes order from the Illuminati, and of course the Illuminati takes order from the world government. And like I said, these people work on long-term basis. So they decided that they were going to take over the American educational system. And that was going to take time. So the bondsmen of a living now in the from 1832 and up to 1840 and so on, they knew that in our lifetime, we are never going to see this happen in our lifetime. But we're going to work on this, and the people that succeed us are going to work on it. And in maybe a hundred years, we will have succeeded of taking control of the educational system of the United States. And that's exactly what is happening from 1832. So let's say that's about 80 years, 70 years, 170, close to 200 years. It took them 200 years to where we are today. Where now every idiot attending these Ivy League colleges or what you call woke, W-O-K-E. Let me introduce you now to a lot of my, because I'm trying to, if I speak to 50 people today, or maybe 500 people, I don't know, because everybody's not listening at the same time, but I said I'm speaking to 50 people. If I can get two people saying, hmm, I'm going to investigate this. And you investigate it, you learn that what I told you is truth. And you decide that you're going to educate yourself in this. You're going to start a little group and educate more people. So out of the two will come 20 people in in some area. And then in another 10 years, there might be 100 people that come out of this study group. And then in another 25 years, we might have 500 people. I want to use the same method that the devil uses. And the same method, actually, he stole that from God because that is how Jesus set up his church. You, you become a Christian, and then you start leading other people to Christ. They start leading other people to Christ, and the church is spreading like wildfires. So if I can get two people, I notice that most of you listening to me, you're going to say, oh, it's interesting. I can say that. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm not time for that. I'm not interested in it. Move on. Let's listen to the next guy, what prophecy he has. Let's listen to this guy and so on. And you're just constantly moving around, getting a lot of information, and you do absolutely nothing with it. And the devil says, oh, you are great. That's how I want it to be. 
be informed, learn a lot of things, and do nothing. And that's how most Christians are. They learn a lot, attend a lot of meetings, go to the internet, read this, read that, watch that video. Oh man, this is great. And what do you produce? Silch. Nothing. Not one convert. That's why we're weak. But I'm hoping for maybe two people today. Let me talk to you about Stanley Hall. His name was J. Stanley Hall. He was born in 1846 uh, in, on a farm. And he attended college. And um, during the American Civil War, had in the two years, early 1965, when the economy was contracting, closing down, cash was scarce. So, at the college, he accepted and went to the Union Theological Seminary. Union Theological Seminary. That is a seminary that was taken over by the order Skull and Bones. That's a seminary of seminaries in America. Any professor at any seminary that wants to have a professor's degree, he would have to go to Union. That is where they go. And he gets his degree from Union Theological Seminary, and then he is looked upon as a God with a small g in the Evangelical Pentecostal Baptist seminaries and Bible schools and colleges. Well, anyway, that's what he went. And um, he was educated by a professor by the name of Henry Smith. And so from there on, Smith told him that you should need to go to Europe. And the order of and both, they like people to go to Europe to go to some very bad schools there. For example, how do you think that a guy like Clinton, Bill Clinton, became president? You know, the guy was a sex addict, party guy. He was not very good in college, but he got a scholarship in Europe. He spent about, about a year, a year and a half there. And uh, he was at Cambridge. And he became, actually, Oxford. He was at Oxford. And he got a scholarship to Oxford. And coming back, he ended up governor of Arkansas. And he made a mess in Arkansas. And then he became president of the United States. Then he, of course, met Jeffrey Epstein, buddy of his. And they had a good time. But anyway, so now, Henry Hall, now he met a guy by the name of Beecher. I'm not going to get into too many names here. And uh, eventually, after he had been at Union Theological Seminary, he attended the University of Berlin. For two years, and he studied the Friedrich Tendelberg and Karl Lepsius. These guys 
were grave diggers. They were not Christians. They were philosophers. They liked Plato, Aristotle, Aristotle. and uh, they went to all kinds of things. So whatever Stanley Hall had of Christian faith was washed. He had nothing. He returned to the United States in 1871, and uh, according to his biography, he took a job as a at Seligman Banking Family in New York. And shortly thereafter, he was contacted by the professor James Hosmer from Antioch College in Ohio to inquire if he would like to come and establish his professorship. He moved to Antioch College in 1872, held the same position as Horace Mann. And Stanley Holman back to Europe in 1876. He went to England. From there, he went to study to Germany. And he studied under William Wundt, which is another bad apple in education. And uh, Hall became the first American to receive a PhD from the Wundt Department in Psychology. He spent six years in Germany here. And in 1883, he developed the first psychological laboratory in the United States. In his writings, Hall attacked the high school curriculum of Latin, mathematics, science, and history that were being taught to prepare students of college. He proposed that high school students should instead be trained more like children and prepared for adulthood. Let me read that sentence one more time, buddy. He simply proposed that high school students should not learn mathematics and other things that you can use in your life, but you should be treated like a child and prepared to be an idiot. Stanley Holt found the American Journal of Psychology in 1887. Two years later, he was asked to become the president of the two-year-old Clark University, <clears throat> located in Worcester, Massachusetts. <clears throat> he held this position, and uh, let me just uh, flip here. So he held this position, and then he became prominent. Let me go back here, because I'm trying to get a mint in my mouth, because I got tried. Here we go. Stanley Hall founded the American Journal of Psychology in 1887. Two years later, he was asked to become the president of the two-year-old Clark University, located in Worcester, Massachusetts. He held a position for 31 years until 1920. Hall became prominent in academic circles, and in 1892, he was elected the first president of the American Psychological Association. Now, Stanley Hall eventually became the teacher, or the, let's say the foundation of the American educational system. Now, he was active in 1890 or so on. It took more than 100 years until... Stanley Hall's 
understanding German theology, German psychology, and so on, and a dumbing down of students. Where we are now <clears throat> in the United States, where you have people that graduate from high school, they can't even read or write, but they graduate them anyway. And so we have destroyed our high schools, they destroyed our colleges, they destroyed our seminaries, they destroyed the higher learning universities to where we are today. And now, every lunatic is woke. Look upon the people that are running our different school systems, universities. Look at our politicians. You take a look at this guy, Mayorkas. He's a Secretary of Homeland Defense. He sits in Congress and they ask him about the border to Mexico. And he say with a straight face, looking at the, at the camera, that border is secure. And someone asked him, well, they just had about 50,000 people sneak across last night. Their border is secure. These people are so brainwashed, they are so into what they're doing, and their job is to destroy the nation that we have known as America. So you ask yourself this now, and by the way, if you want to know more about this bit of fruit, uh, go to my website, eac.org. And get the order in for <clears throat> the Kabbalah books. And you want book number eight, Bitter Fruit. You read that and you will never, never be the same again. You would simply say, I can't shut up. I got to talk. I got to do the fight. I want to be a Christian and do my part. So let me take you now to the Bible. Because I want to tie this together for us here now. I'm talking to two people that I believe are going to do something about this. And the rest of you, I'm just entertaining. I'm reading now to you from Revelation. That's the book of Revelation, chapter 13. And I stood up on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up on the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horn, ten crowns, so the his head is the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, Satan, gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, Satan, which gave power to the beast. 
They worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And it was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things, blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and then had dwelled in heaven. It was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. Power was given him of all kinds of tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain for the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. This is the story of the Antichrist. This is the story that Jesus told the Apostle John when he had been taken up into heaven and given the prophetic words that became known as the book of Revelation. Jesus told John this, and I'm going to try to get this talk to you about in understandable terms. Jesus told John that sometime in the future, all the nations in the world will unite and become one nation, a world federation. Now, Satan has had that in mind a long time. He started in the, we have it in Genesis, where we had the city of Babel, the the language of the nations of the people that time was one language. There was no one nation, and they tried to build a tower of Babel. And then Jesus came down and scattered them. And Satan has dreamed about all these years, some 6,000 years, to reestablish Babel. How is that going to be done? It's going to have to be done in a way that nations are willing (coughs) to give up their sovereignty. Nations are going to simply say we are willing to give up our sovereignty. Well, if you were a Frenchman or an Englishman, or you are an American, or Japanese, and someone comes up and says, well, we want your nation to surrender its sovereignty. Don't be called Japan anymore. Don't be called the United States anymore, England. You're going to be a region. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about that the world will be divided up into ten regions of the ten kings. The normal American, we talk about also here now, he would say, I don't like that. I don't want to be under some idiot from another nation that I don't know. I like a constitution. I like our nation. And Satan says, well, I'm going to force you to give that up. 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to destroy your educational system so that I can educate people to think like I want them to think. I want them to be thinking international, not nationalistic. You notice now that it's a slogan now for the Democrats, you know, he's a nationalist, he's a Nazi, he's a far right. So today, according to the woke Democrats, it is not fashionable to be a nationalist. You should be an internationalist. You should think about the United Nations, the World Court, and uh, the World Bank. We're all together, and uh, we're going to give up. So this is what it is being worked on. How effective, what kind of effect does this have? Well, for the first time in a long time, the U.S. Army has a hard time now to meet the recruitment quota. And I just heard today that they have no problems in recruiting black people to the U.S. Army. But young white men do not sign up for the U.S. Army anymore. They don't want to. And if you're going to join the army, you're not. You're going to be nationalistic. You're going to like your country. You're not going to join the army unless you want to defend the country. You want to be patriotic. And now, when they have uh, transgenders and homosexuals and uh, drag queens advertising, join the U.S. Army. You can be part of this drag queen outfit here, and we have these parties and so on. So they have a hard time now. How do they get these young men in? Well, they don't want to join to have uh, officers that are broke, where they simply have to have special training in how to use pronouns. I mean, if you join the army, you join the army to learn to fight, not to say, well, this person is an it, this person is not a he or a she, whatever it is. I mean, the homosexual agenda has just washed everything just stupid and crazy. So what I'm saying to you is this. The book of Revelation tells us what shall happen someday. Just like when you have a huge hurricane. It might be 800 miles in diameter. When that hurricane starts approaching, you have what they call the outer bands of winds and rain. And before you actually get into the hurricane, you have the outer bands hitting you with heavy rain and winds. And you know that maybe 500 miles further away, is the center of the hurricane. The Antichrist is like a hurricane. 
existing is exist right now. That whole thing is set up. That hurricane is gaining strength. And you and I are beginning to feel the effects of the outer bounds. We are feeling the wind. So to wrap up this up here today about education and what we can do. Simple this. First of all, you need to find out how was our education system 200 years ago? How was it set up? Why has it changed? Who changed it? Was it changed for better or for worse? What can I do to resist this? One thing for sure is this. If you are a Christian parent and you have small children, you cannot send them to public schools today. If you send them to public schools, it's the same as you send them down to the club of Satan, to a witch coven, or a grotto of Satanist. It is so bad that we cannot send children there today. It has to be changed first. How will it change? Christians need to get on school boards. Christians need to get elected to city councils. They need to become county commissioners, to be on the county board of directors. We need to get Christians into local politics because local politics dictate the educational system in your city, in your county. And the only way to fight that is to get in on the inside, get elected. At the same time, pray fast and begin to make more Christian simply get some more converts. Well, my time is up. And uh, so if you want to have a copy of that book that I have today, that would actually tell you. There's so much of that book that I didn't have time to tell you. Uh, Bitter Fruit. Kabbalah book number eight, you have it on our website, eaec.org. And um, like I said, I'm thinking I talked to two people today. So why don't you two people go and buy yourself that book so you can get started and to begin to roll back the devil. Every Sunday, I'm the pastor of Resurrection Life of Jesus Church. And uh, every Sunday, I preach. Our service is uh, webcast at live, and you can catch us every Sunday morning at 8.30, where we have uh, uh, praise and worship, prayer time for about half an hour, and then I preach a message. If you miss that, you can then simply come to our website anytime during the week, and uh, you can. it is there all week long, and then next week we roll it over to another one. So go to our website, eac.org, and you can watch 90 seconds. And uh, when it comes to money, you need to go to Shannon Davies' website. 
and you need to very prayerfully look at his prayer button, his buttons there, and pray over which button will I hit, hit it hard, and put in a good amount. Because remember this, Shannon Davis has a wife, he has three children, he lives in Indonesia, seconds. and he has to eat. And to eat, you got to have money. He's doing it full time. If you don't support him, he will not be able to continue. So if you like these programs, support Shannon Davis. Back to you. Thank you, brother, for that kind word and also for a great message tonight. Brother John, what shall we title this for the archive? The Destruction of Education. Love it. The destruction of education it is. We'll have this up today in the archive. Encourage everybody to share it with a friend. Get it? And um, Brother John is with us every Friday, 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. So tune in again next week, same time, same channel. Brother John, have a great weekend over there. I love you, and thank you for working with me. Love you, too. See you soon. Great word. Okay, thank you. Folks, stay tuned. we got three more shows to go. Let's get Sister Rose Betancourt on. We're dialing now. Stand by. Let's dial. 